<laughs> Good afternoon. We're going to be discussing uh, a little bit of Colossians, as John read. And uh, when I was thinking about that book of Colossians, I was just thinking about how great that book is, how great I, I th what I think about that book and how much there is to actually talk about in that book. And then I started thinking about other books of the Bible and how great they are. And it's just like everywhere you turn in the Bible, there's something for us to learn and to be blessed by. And it just brought me back to uh, that we need to be continuously reading our Bibles, studying, trying to gather in what God has taught us. And as we do that, as we read more, we're at other parts of the Bible are going to make even more sense. And I just think that we need to be devoted to that. Um, not, and I was really talking about this this morning in our class, is it's not like it's an assignment that you have to do for school, but this is something that you love. You love God's word, you love God, you want to know his word. And every way you turn in his word, there's something to be blessed by. And I just think that we need to be devoted to reading the word. doesn't mean we're going to understand every single thing that we read, especially when it's Old Testament, different culture, different uh, understanding of things. But over the course of time, I believe that God teaches us and helps us to understand. And as we read one part of his word, it's going to educate us and teach us more about another part of his word because it refers to itself all the time within the word. And God, is, God, is going, God reveals things and helps us to understand. So I just encourage us to do that. But we're going to be looking a little bit about uh, this passage in Colossians uh, that John read. And we need to have our minds open and, and always allow God's word to speak to us and, and take it in. And it is a labor of love as we sit down and hear his word and listen to his word. And consistent with that is just the idea we learn, on our, we learn on our own and then we learn from classes, we learn from preachers and teachers and we put it together and we grow and we learn. Uh, ultimately, we're being taught by God and learning from him. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read again Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. For this reason, also since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for the attaining of, of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, we... In this passage, verse 13 is really part of the key thing I want to focus on is he has re rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Um, and so we want to kind of think about what is, the, um, what is this dominion or domain of darkness 
And who was the ruler of the domain of darkness? Who? Satan. Satan is the ruler of the kingdom of darkness, or the domain of darkness. And who is the, who is the uh, ruler of the kingdom of his beloved son, or kingdom of light? Who, who rules that kingdom? Jesus Christ, the son, right? His beloved son. Um, now, do I want my ruler to be Satan, who hates me and you? He hates us, doesn't he? Or do I want Jesus Christ, who loves us, to be my ruler, my king? Is that a hard question? It's not a hard choice, is it? So do I, and like, do I want to be under the power of Satan, who is constantly accusing us of wrongdoing? In running to, he, it's really amazing. Satan, like if you look at Job, he was, he was, God pointed Job out. And John, Satan's basically saying, he doesn't really love you. He's only loving you and serving you because you protect him. And he will do wrong. He will curse you if you stop, stop protecting him. So he's telling God, he's telling God that we're no good. And he's telling us, go ahead and do whatever you want. Sin. He encourages us. So do I want to be under his power? Well, somebody's constantly accusing us before God and also trying to encourage us to sin against God. Or do I want to be under the power of Jesus Christ who took our place on the cross and is our defender before God, is our advocate? When you just think about that as a, a, a court of law, the, the, the prosecutor is Satan. He wants to throw us in hell because we deserve it. Jesus is the defender and advocate, and, and we know that he took, a, took our place. So the choice is easy. It's a no-brainer, right? But yet, we see Jesus is the best choice, but yet people choose Satan. They choose to be in the domain of darkness. And that is part of what I wanted to talk about, is why is that? And, I, and it really is, is because that domain of darkness is a place of deception and ignorance. You know, at least those things. Um, that is a place where there's deception and ignorance. And in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verses 12 through 13, the Apostle Paul says, but what? I am doing, I will continue to do, so, they may, so that I may cut off opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the matter about which we were boasting. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. No wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. So Paul was working hard for the Corinthians um, that they would not be deceived, that they would not be deceived by false apostles, and that Satan himself hides his true nature by appearing attractive, to uh, appearing as an angel of light, and 
Sometimes people are presented with ideas that are so appealing or seem so appealing and so attractive that they are easily led uh, to believe that those messages are uh, messages from God and those messengers are sent from God. So the domain of darkness is a deceptive place and it wants to maintain people in ignorance and uh, not to know the knowledge of God and his ways. And that's one of the things that we want to encourage so much is that every one of us needs to be making sure that we're not ignorant of God's, walk, God's ways so we will not be subject to um, deception and to be tricked and to believe that something that is bad is actually good. And we need to, we need to take that to heart because it's set, Satan's tricks, the domain of darkness, really have to do with deception and ignorance, which we must not accept or allow. Um, just think, when you look at the parable of the slow, parable of the sower, Matthew 13, starting in verse 18, it says, hear then the parable of the sower. So this is where Jesus explains to his apostles and disciples the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what, was, what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom the seed uh, was sown beside the road. So Satan is actively trying to prevent us and other people from not understanding the word when they hear it. That's, his, that's part of what his, he does, is so we will be ignorant of God's word and ignorant of his intention for us and ignorant of really what's right and wrong. Satan wants to maintain ignorance of God's plans and intentions so he, Satan, can deceive people so they don't know the difference between truth and lies. And so they don't understand God's plan for their lives and consider Matthew uh, 16, when Jesus told his disciples that he was going to suffer and die. Verse 22 starts off, Peter took him aside, because Jesus has just told them that he is going to uh, be killed. He's going to go to Jerusalem and be mistreated and beaten and killed. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. And this is really amazing because right before that, Peter had confessed and testified that Jesus was the Christ. And, God, and Jesus commended him for that. But immediately, he unknowingly, ignorantly, he started to actually be a temptation to Jesus not to do what God had sent him to do. So he told him, just like he had told Satan when he was tempting him after he had been fasting those 40 days, get behind me, Satan. You're not thinking about God's interest. You're thinking about man's interest. But that's what Satan does to, and that's one of his tactics, is to confuse us and confuse people who are trying to understand and serve God um, Satan didn't want Jesus to, I think Satan wanted Jesus to suffer. I don't think, I know that he didn't want Jesus to die to, die to pay for our sins. Um, he wants all of us to spend eternity in hell with him, okay? And Peter misunderstood um, what, was, what Jesus was doing. 
and why he had to die and why he had to suffer. Um, and he was then speaking for Satan out of ignorance. So Satan's, Satan, is, his work is to frustrate the work of God and is to destroy each of us individually. Now I just want to talk a little bit about something that Isaiah said, and I think this really relates to um, this discussion about the inhabitants of the domain of darkness, about, about deception and about lies and deceit. And before I get to that, just, I don't know about you all, but I'm very disturbed by a lot of the stuff we're hearing in the news and in the public discussion, and there's just so much lying. There's so much uh, deception, and it just seems to be so blatant, and it's like, I'll just say it, and if I feel like saying something tomorrow, it'll be different, but it's still not a lie, but it is a lie, and we need to make sure that we um, really don't accept that. We don't accept such behavior and just say, okay, everybody's doing that. That's fine. It's not. We need to make sure that we are not um, taken in. Because I, I think eventually we're going to pay. We're going to pay, I think, our country. But I just don't want us to be thinking it is okay to lie and deceive and to cheat uh, and to do that continually. And it's not just one person, um, but there seems to be a belief system, and I'm so concerned about us being corrupted uh, beyond where we are now. But anyway, that was a little digression. Um, Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20 through 23, it says, listen to this, woe to those who call evil good and good evil who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes in drinking wine and valiant men in mixing strong drink, who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away the rights of the ones who are in the right. They take away the rights of the ones who are in the right. Think about that. I mean, I, I mean one of the things I was thinking about is just this, all this discussion about alternative sexuality. And, and often people are, are praised for being courageous enough to come out and say, come out of the closet and say who they are and kind of celebrate what they are who they are. However, if someone was to say, you know, that's not what the Bible, that's not what God's intention is for your life, that's not his plan for you, um, sometimes and maybe oftentimes that's considered mean, uh, cruel, bigoted, a hater, small-minded. And that's where we have to find a way to um, tell them that that's, that's a deception. That's not God's plan. That's not his intention. God loves them, and we love people, um, but we have to be able to teach and show that that is not uh, God's intention in his plan. And there's so many things like that, um, not just in the area of sexuality, but all sorts of areas. 
uh, we substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. We substitute bitter for sweet. So what's good is sweet. But we claim that sometimes sin and evil is good and sweet instead of being bitter. Um, Verse 21 talks about those who are wise in their own eyes um, and clever in their own sight. And there was so much of that um, going on today where God in his, his ways and his um, judgments are set aside for the human wisdom. And those who say, you know, we've got this figured out. We're wise. You all are really simpletons. Um, and we need to make sure that we are confronting that and not being um, silenced. Not that we're out in the streets protesting necessarily, but just in calm discussion with people to show what God really has to say and what God's people are like. And then you look here at verse 22. Um, it says, Woe to those who are heroes in drinking wine and valiant men in, in mixing strong drink. So it's like the praise for the one who can drink them. Right? You're a strong man if you can hold your liquor and you can drink and you can outdrink others. And you know, we see kind of the results of that thinking recently in the, uh, the, the it's probably in, 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 I believe it's in the last year or so, about that young man who died when he was pledging for a fraternity, and most recently one of those fraternity brothers confessed or, or pleaded guilty. He apparently acknowledged, I didn't read the details, but he apparently acknowledged his guilt. But they were giving him like a huge number of drinks over a short period of time. And it was part of their hazing and their process of bringing people in. But that, those things, uh, that someone would actually allow the, that to be done to them is saying that they have a misunderstanding of what's good. Like, I want to be in this group, and they're, they're making me do this kind of thing that I could die from, and in this case, he did die from. Um, that's a confusion, that we have to go out and prove our manliness by being able to drink a lot and be able to outdrink someone else. And I think a lot about um, things pertaining to sports and to business. And sometimes you, you read about athletes, uh, sometimes very elite athletes, people who have been um, professionals and made millions of dollars. But then when you look at them, it's like they were just trained that the most important thing in my life was to dominate this guy over here and to blow him off the line or destroy him, basically. And I love athletics, I love football, but I think that the message that these young people are getting is really wrong, is really bad. They're ultimately destroying their own lives, their minds, and their bodies. And the philosophy that they're embracing is oftentimes, again, like we, we know the hard work and the discipline that goes into these athletics is a good thing, but the thing that they're ultimately being taught seems to me to be a very destructive message and that I'm just trying to dominate my opponent. And ultimately, it leads to them dominating other people in their lives. Women get abused. These guys are trying to collect as many women as they can and have all the fun they can. And in the end, they have destroyed their life and the other people well as well. And these tremendous, it makes me feel so sad to think about tremendous athletes could do amazing things by the time they're 40 
are broken down physically, and oftentimes with football, they're broken down mentally um, with the damage that's been done. And it's, it's sad because it's a deception. We are being deceived. They are being deceived. Um, the things that are good are considered, in some cases, weak. And we, it's just a deception that I think is coming out of um, the domain of darkness. In this passage in Isaiah, it goes on to say, who justify the wicked for a bribe and take, the rights, take away the rights of the one who are in the right. So the one who is right is being disregarded because the judge or prosecutors or some people in power are being paid off. They're getting a bribe. And it's just awful that our society and our world, that's not unusual. It's probably worse in other countries than it is even here. Um, but we need to be people who, who really can see and are not going to fall prey to bribes and deception, and that we care, we care about the rights of the people who are right. Um, so, Satan wants to destroy our faith. He wants to destroy our faith. He wants us to join and be part of the domain of darkness. He wants us to feel like failures so, we, so when we do sin, we give up. That's it. He wants us to give up our faith. And isn't that what happened to Judas? He betrayed Jesus. He sinned. But he didn't have to kill himself. He, he gave up. He let go. And, I mean, like Peter... Peter denied him three times. Pretty bad. This is what Jesus said in Luke 22 before Peter denied him. He said, Simon, Simon, this is starting in verse 31 of chapter 22 of Luke. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. But he said to him, Lord, with you, with you I'm ready to go both to prison and to death. And he said, I say to you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied three times that you know me. Okay? So, in this Jesus is telling Peter beforehand that Satan has demanded permission to sift him. Now that's a nice thing to, to realize that Satan cannot do anything without God's permission, God's allowance, um, but Satan still holds a lot of power. Um, we don't understand totally, but God allows Satan to do things to us. He gives him, he allows him that power, just like with Job. But I think ultimately that Satan, although he uses that power, God is wiser and smarter and stronger than Satan. And he uses Satan's evil do doings, and he can use his evil work to glorify himself and to even help us. So Satan does ask permission, but he wants to take Peter and sift him. 
And I read an article I thought was a good, uh, kind of always wondered what it means to sift somebody. But sifting is where you take something and you shake it, and some, you're separating something from something, right? And in this article, he was, he was saying, well, think about that as the, the holes in that sifter are the shape of people without faith. So they fall through. He shakes them and tries to get them to let go of their faith, and they fall through and they're lost. But, and so maybe we're in that shaking. We're being sifted, but we don't fall through. We hold on to our faith. That was, I thought that was an interesting way to think about that. But it's, it's suffering. It's hard um, what has to happen. And what Peter went through, it was hard for him, wasn't it? He denied his Lord, and he wept bitterly, it says. But Jesus said, I have prayed for you, that your faith may not fail. And that's what we need to pray for ourselves and one another, that our faith does not fail, and that we will be strengthened, and that when, we, uh, when things get hard, we don't give up. When we fail, we don't give up. We return to Christ, and we continue on and we don't fall into that domain of darkness. Now, one other thing I think about the domain of darkness is it's a place where we and other people are really ensnared in their own desires and their own temptations. Um, there is a passage in 1 Timothy that talks about, it says, verse, chapter 6, verse 9, but those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare, and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. And it's just the idea that we can, you know, when uh, James talks about that, that we're carried away by our own lusts and our own desires, and we are basically sunk into this domain of darkness or this trap. And we can, that can happen by our own, our own desires and our own sinful uh, intentions. And we just need to be on guard against that and not to be led astray into this domain of darkness. And again, it's like we have a choice of the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness. And God, um, which he, he says in verse, back, going back to Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, he's rescued us from the domain of darkness. We've, been, we've gotten a transfer, this version says, transferred us into the kingdom of his son. And we need to make sure that we stay there, and that we stay in the kingdom of his son, and that we don't fall back into that, and that we try to understand the people who are still in that, darkness, that domain of darkness, they're deceived. It's not obvious um, all the time. I mean, ultimately, it seems obvious to me, but they are deceived. They're ignorant of God's intention, and we need to help them to, um, to get out of it, and we need to make sure that we don't adopt some of that philosophy, um, which is deceptive and a lie. That's it. <laughs> um, I, would I really wish I had more 
more time to put all this together and, and express these ideas um, because there's a lot to think about. I had actually thought I was going to cover more of Colossians, um, but I don't have any more right now. But it's just so much to talk about. And I just want to encourage us that if we are here and Christians, I'm sure um, most of us are, that we won't be deceived. We won't continue in a path that we know is wrong. And that we will be encouraged to know that God forgives and God restores. And that's what we do here. And we want to offer you the chance to come and uh, ask for prayers of the church if you, if you need that and you want that. We want to do that. If there's anyone who's not a Christian, we again encourage you to, to realize the difference. There's just a difference to be serving Jesus Christ is to serve one who loves you, who died for you, who continues to intercede for you, versus, although it may not seem like it, Satan, who hates us. He doesn't love us. He wants to destroy us. He doesn't come out and say, I want to destroy you, but he does. So I would just encourage anyone who hasn't put on Christ yet to do so and be saved. Let us stand. Come as we stand and sing.